Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, happy Father's Day, early Father's Day this weekend. I was going to say, is it? Where the fuck are my presents? (laughs) I was going to go yell at my family right now. It's Father's Day weekend this weekend. If you haven't gotten your dad a uh, uh, um, a gift, go go down to your local brewery and uh, and fill up a growler. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Uh, but uh, uh, with Father's Day weekend comes none other than the U.S. Open of Golf, uh, another fantastic standalone betting experience that we want to dive into today. Uh, we have uh, the hottest handicapper in the golf space, none other than Mr. Andy Molitor joining us today uh but uh in addition to that well we even i had known right two weeks ago <laughs> that's right and you had all your matchups. Well, did you sweep the yeah. matchups last week swept the matchups last no. week so you are white hot no. did you not sweep you were Tway, like Tway seven lost one, seven and one eight and one something like that Tway, it was impressive regardless we, we thought we thought we, we thought we might have the sweep but Tway Tway decided to like lead off sunday with like a nine or something terrible oh well so, that's terrible yeah whatever so, yes. So we'll hear from uh, everyone's favorite golf handicapper, uh, new new and uh, and white hot golf handicapper Andy. Uh, but uh, we also called in the big guns. We needed a man who uh, had his feet on the ground, in you know on the location to give us the inside scoop. Uh, somebody who follows college golf quite closely, understands the amateur space, and and can help us. Uh, you know, fine tune an edge on some of the lesser known players in this tournament. Uh, welcome back to the deep dive, Barry Horse. Thanks, buddy. I gotta be honest with you though. I'm a, I'm a little upset right now. Oh, fair I think enough. we should only, only let the uh, the deep dive listeners know that you had a uh, a little bit of a talking off the ledge for me this weekend on Sunday <laughs> in the French Open. For those listening, I, I, I almost every year bet an irresponsible amount of money on the doll to win in the final and uh, asked Will for permission, which he did not grant. So I'm missing out on quite a few dollars I should have right now covering this double trip. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's for, for the record, I, ha- I took a screenshot of what I answered to you. He said uh, permission to place annual s- slam Nadal in the French final bet. And uh, I said I'm out on a limb. Among my sharp friends, not believing 100% in Nadal, I make the match minus 370 to 5 to Nadal and most likely outcome 3 1. Do you remember, uh, out of curiosity, <laughs> uh, for, to, for, for, for those who are following at home, can you remember uh, about uh, what the final? I can't remember. What was the final score in that uh, well, in French Open in, final? To be fair, uh, I want to talk, I mean, price first. I had Nadal at like even money because I bet him before the tournament. Oh, well, shout out Big Ten Watto, my my tennis uh, my tennis hot podcast partner. Like we we put not an irresponsible amount, but we put multiple units on uh, Nadal before the tournament when his price was lovely. But yeah, it did finish three one. Shouldn't have should have been a three zero, but uh, <laughs> them's the breaks. It still was a domination, and yeah, you you cost Kieran money. That's uh, that's like yeah, I'm kidding, yeah. buddy. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the other funny thing is, I mean, I was kind of waiting and hoping that we would see team take one set, and I had my finger on like the live bet for as soon as that happened, uh-huh. and I, I, I saw Nadal get as low as minus two sixty. Uh, that was the best price I saw. So I oh, was really? able to extract a little bit of value out of my team 
uh, nines and tens to one that I had from the spring. So it was, it worked out. Okay. It wasn't a great French open yeah. for me by any stretch of the imagination, but that's, uh, that's on me. Cause I've been kind of had my head so far NBA ass this, uh, this whole, uh, spring. I just haven't really done my due diligence on handicapping tennis, but, um, you know, I can only really do one thing at a time. There's apparently. a podcast you I'm should learning. listen to for that. There is a podcast <laughs> I should listen to for that. Um, but let's talk some golf today. Uh, actually, you know, but b- b- before we get in there, it's been, we haven't talked to you since like New Year's. Uh, I think, uh, yeah. at the, at the time you were kind of, um, you know, figuring out like, okay, here's my next step. I want to scale up what my action Soul is. All this is, you know, <laughs> and and in in scaling up like that, it was a, it's a, it's not it's not trivial for those of us who you know who have crafted an edge to figure out like okay now what do I do with this and how do I make the most money out of this uh, and uh, you know I'm sure that you've kind of dealt you know you dive into the space with all these ex- people with experience and money and you know and and it's very very complex and dynamic marketplace. Um, is there anything that uh, you kind of key takeaways, lessons learned uh, from the six months since we've talked to you last uh, to kind of, you know, help our listeners understand like how the, the marketplace works? Yeah. Um, don't make a Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, <so laughs> in terms of like the, the publicity talking, being so open about stuff, um, I would say because like the reason – I shared so much and was like so forthcoming the whole way is I didn't really know how good what I had was. I knew that people were betting and for a living and making like millions and doing really well. But in my head, I didn't know until literally less than a year ago that it was remotely mechanically possible to bet like six figures on a game. So I just thought like if these guys were winning tens of millions of dollars in a season, they were winning like thousands of units, which is not sure, <laughs> really the sure. case. And, and like, I had this opinion, like, oh, I'm just this college kid. I've only been doing this so long. My win rate's this. Pros must be doing this at like 65%. They must be winning like 200 units in every season for every sport. Um, so like, I guess if you're listening, those should never be your goals. No one does that. That's not the case. 30, 40, 50 units in a season is awesome hitting like 56 percent in spreads is great like that's how a lot of pros do and so if you have something like that don't share it (laughs) or something better than that (laughs) i guess like the no one with quote unquote the nuts and anything is gonna like publicate or share it and so like a lot of people ask me why i did first off i'm I'm not gonna say i have like the nuts i i had it more of the nuts than i realized i guess and i just like uh like i just have this little stuff i might as well share it like Give yourself, like, respect what you have. Like, it might be good and useful, and it should be something protected and guarded. Um, so, yeah, I guess, number one, have tighter lips. <laughs> uh, because, like, surely, not, it's not, like, a huge thing, but, like, I can tell the market's getting better, and I don't know how much of that is, like, it, it would be probably arrogant to assume a lot of that was me, but, like, I, I do regret and have seen some games where, like, there are clear lines that would have been different last year that are different this year, and I think possibly slash probably on teams and pitchers that I am publicly known to like, or just like, um, sure, sure. Or, or just like tendencies, not even specific teams, but just like different things about the games. Um, In your opinion, is it people who are betting the openers who kind of have picked up like, Oh yeah, this because they follow along. They're like, 
you know, oh, you like this pitcher, you like this pitcher, there's value in this pitcher, and now they're betting into the openers and they're shaping the number before you can take the yeah, full swing Yeah, I'm so, not yeah. going to get into, like, the timing of, like, when I slash we do anything, but, um, like, I, I can't bet a unit at openers and I can't really bet anything until later in the day on game day. So, like, I'm always watching the screen to see, like, <laughs> what games I quote-unquote lose or lines I lose to people, like, quote-unquote, like, stealing them or, or not stealing them, but, like, taking them before I can. Um, and that, that happens like probably more than once a day, uh, more than one game a day. <laughs> okay. So, um, so in this vein of advice without, again, without kind of giving away anything impo- important here, let's say that, mm-hmm. um, you know, you realize you did have the nuts, you know, and you could go back in time a couple of years. Like, what would you tell yourself? Like, you know, here's how, here's how you go about making the connections you need in order to get as much down as you want on these games. Um, network. I mean, like, frankly, I like a, a lot of people here guess what I'm doing. Like, oh, it'd be awesome if I could get free rolled. And, and like, it's so easy if he, he just got lucky and bought a bunch of Bitcoin when he was young. He has all this money. Like, I, I built my bankroll by my own without ever getting free rolled, doing stuff just for five years, basically, um, scaling slowly to get to like the real big, big level, though. like it does take networking and partnering with people who have like things that can help you do that. Um, and that frankly is useful. Like without Twitter, I'm not sure I would have found some of the stuff I'm using now. Um, so there's a, like, it's certainly a trade-off. Um, I mean, I think plenty of the people can be found just observing Twitter through like a, like burner private account and reaching out to people there and explaining what you have. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't think you need to grow some big following to ten thousand followers and share everything or like a lot of what you do with. <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. That's yeah. And then like again, like that first point is like, ha- don't have that high appreciation of what winning is. Like, I mean, you you don't need to think I could only be a pro if I hit sixty five percent. Like that's kind of like some something that I had in my head and why I was like so willing to come forward in the first place but so yeah that that'd be number one um <laughs> yeah close your mouth uh i guess number two would be like just like how different the incentives are when you're trying to bet bigger um and that like if you're not at that level yet that you should be betting like much different things like no one should be betting nfl spreads nba spreads or mlb money lines if they're betting less than like two thousand five thousand dollars a game like you can bet that amount on like way more beatable stuff like orders of magnitude more beatable stuff um and with like a different like volume rates and everything and like different like unit sizes like like once you get to the level the, like the level where you're bounded by how much you can bet um then it makes sense to start exploring stuff that's more liquid and it makes sense to be betting um like more games at like a lower win rate just to like have the most at, at the end of the year um, but like on the way up, like certainly you don't need to be exhausting and betting like so many games a week or so many games a day and can be sort of like stingy and care about your win rate and scale like slowly and responsibly that way, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm sort of like learning that, that transition right now. So got it. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. I've learned a lot. I hope I would. I, I'm young. I should be learning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, uh, I'm fascinated by all of this and, uh, thank you for, uh, you know, the insight and, in, and, in, uh, 
you know, in, in what ways you're, you're, you're uh, allowed to tell us stuff. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's pivot into golf. Uh, and, you know, obviously, uh, the ability to kind of get to that level of, uh, you know, sports betting gave affords you the opportunity to do things like, you know, go to Pebble beach. Uh, <laughs> is this your, is, is this your uh, first U S open? It's not been quite oh. a few. I, I was lucky All enough right. to, to go to Oakmont and then play it right after when DJ won. Um, and then I was here for Olympic when Webb Simpson won. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll obviously like watch everyone extremely closely and I'm just like a giant golf nut and fan of the sport. Mm, so you've been to a, uh, you've been to a U.S. Open where DJ won and you've been to a U.S. Open where Webb Simpson won. So you've, you're bringing the, um, you're bringing the karma for Andy on those guys. Yeah. Just lock it. They're going to be in a playoff. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think it. I think I bet both those games. I, I, I know he did. I know he did. Um, okay. So, uh, and, and I guess, um, you know, having even had the experience of playing the course, uh, and you've, I'm, I, I guess I'm assuming today you got the opportunity to walk around and, and get a feel for conditions, uh, or at yeah, least uh, have talk to people. Week. Okay. So, yeah. what, what do you, so what, so what do you think so far, whether course conditions, general thoughts in, in terms of what, you know, what needs to be accounted for from a handicapping perspective? Yeah, so everyone's going to like way overplay and talk about the courses a little shorter than like a typical US Open and, and talk about like the number one thing is going to be all oh, the greens are so small, which they are. They're like half the size of, of most greens on PGA Tour. Like the only PGA Tour greens that are smaller are um, Harbor Town. And, and that's true, but like I think people are analyzing that stuff the wrong way. Um, oh, really? And like, well, like the, the thing with the small greens is that they are small, but so many of like the courses on tour have such reduced pinnable locations. And like, even for like Augusta, for example, there are literally holes and greens where you would be better off in a green side bunker than on a piece of the green. And so like, just because of like the slopes and everything, like there, sure. there are only certain segments of the green. Undul undulating. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it, it's plush, it's pure as I've ever seen Pebble. It's like ridiculous. The greens are totally different than I've ever seen them. Um, We've gotten a lot of rain in California this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's overcast today. Um, I think all the afternoons are supposed to be sunny though this whole week. So we'll see. It's, it's absolutely pure, um, as pure as this course could be. It's, it's way different than like obviously the uh, AT&T tournaments. So like, I don't think that stuff carries as much predictive value as some people may think. Um, but yeah, it's, it looks ridiculously good. And I, I'd be shocked if uh, the leaderboard isn't packed with some really good players. Mm. Andy, is any of this shaking your confidence? What, uh, what, fact yeah. you, what, 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 fact, what, no, but you, I, I guess I had a, well, and I guess I just the factors that I was keen. Oh, I can't. I mean, he just told me not to give away the juice. I can't tell people. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, I mean, really, form form is huge. I mean, just how you're playing is so yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are some, and and it, I mean, it is what it is. You can go a little bit. Um, I can't think of the guy's name, but I did. I think it was a Pinnacle podcast I listened to. The guy that runs Data Golf. And I feel bad because mm. I forget his name. And he was an, actually a super interesting they guy. And he talked yeah. about. I think it's yeah, a, I mean, it's a good site. 
at data. Yeah, but I know that, like he has a name. That's not his name. I know. I don't know his name. Either. <laughs> <laughs> either either way, yeah. I give a little shine. That's a good website. Um, but anyway, it was very interesting what he talked about in the podcast. He kind of went over some of the things that he thought were predictive going forward into a tournament, and he completely poo-pooed previous success at the course. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because, like, my shit doesn't like Phil Mickelson at all, but, like, Phil's done well here in the past, and I just wanted, you know, to get the opinion on that. How, how you feel about, like, how someone's played at a particular course in the past. And it, and it's different. It's not like Augusta where sh- shit don't change and everybody knows it. It's, you know, this has yeah. changed since since its previous iterations of the, oh, the Open plus, here. Yeah, plus, Barry, you made a huge a key point. Uh most of the course experience here is in February. Not not not, not many people oh, that's play totally this course. Like, yeah, dude, that's true too. Negative every time under year, and yeah. twenty under with AT&T. This is. I mean, people are going to score this week. I think just because of the weather. But I mean, I'd be shocked if the winner is more than ten under par. Like utterly shocked. I think something maybe around like five to eight is more reasonable. Um, it's like totally different. I mean, eleven eleven is just like a totally different fairway. They've like cut it in half. Eighteen, the rough goes all the way to the tree. Like there are some holes that are just like not the same hole um so yeah I, i'm i'm relatively anti-phil as well andy i think i think so it's part of the stuff with the i guess the course being a little bit shorter I mean, I like his twitter it's, account <laughs> yeah it's amazing <laughs> and it's um but before i like dig myself too much of a hole i should be like super up front i'm not a professional golf fetter um i consider myself to be able to place relatively plus ev golf bets on some like more undercovered golfers. Um, like if people followed during the masters, I, I actually like in real life had like a really big bet on Hovland uh, to be the low am. And like I had Hagestat and Doug Gim and, and some of the other DeChambeau when he was an amateur, like there I think is some, some beatable stuff with stuff where there's players that don't have too much data out. And if you like follow and know about them, there can be an edge there, but I don't like professionally bet golf week to week. I don't have a model that I consider to be like, well-researched or, or good. <laughs> um, but yeah, to, to your point, I think that stuff is overblown, like completely. Hmm. Well, what are you waiting for? You just have too much else on your plate, I guess, probably, right? Or, or just the golf market. You is too can bet a lot more money on a lot of other sports than golf. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, and I, I, the, going back to the weather oh, there uh, and what wait, you, wait, wait, you, hold on, you hold said on. about Before, it. Like, yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've read a lot about, you know, in, in the past, just you read about Pebble Beach in general. And it's, and it's said, like, I can't remember whose quote it was. It was one of the old timers. I can't remember who it was, but he said Pebble Beach isn't a hard course if there's no wind, but there's always wind. And like looking mm-hmm. at the weather report until we get to Sunday, it doesn't actually look that terrible. So I'm kind of I'm looking at the the winning 72 hole score sitting at 276 and a half with juice to the over. Like I'm I'm kind of tempted on that now. Mm. Um that's like close to what I would set it. Just, I mean, it is still like, like for sure people are going to score. Like there will be something in the mid sixties every day. Um, but it's really hard to <laughs> put four rounds together here just cause like you're almost guaranteed. Like even when Tiger won by 15, he made a triple bogey, which is like even like 10 times more impressive about the when he won in 2000. But like that, 
it's just really hard to not just get screwed and fucked in the rough on one of these holes Frustrating. where you're like chipping out sideways. And yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I would be surprised if someone's double digit under par to win the tournament. Um, that's kind of close to what I would see the winning score being. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess I, I might lean, lean on, on the under, but yeah, the, the weather here is benign. Like people are for sure going to. Yeah, I mean, it's plus, it's plus plus one fifteen for the under, so you're getting a little yeah. extra. Yeah, that's not bad. Any chance? Uh, I mean, I guess just the way it's, it, the way that the fabric of the tour is lately, um, in a way that the last couple of U.S. Opens have played out, the way that uh, Brooks Kepka, you know, kind of. Ruined the PGA Championship, uh, ruined it, at least from a competitive standpoint. The way you know Rory ruined the uh, you know the Canadian Open on Sunday last week. Like, it, what are the chances you see somebody run away with this thing? Like we saw Tiger do. Obviously, we've seen you know we've seen we've seen a kind of a pattern here of, of just somebody just getting white hot. Like, is the course a neutralizing? Factor? I don't think it's okay. great. So, so, like um, Aaron Hills and like Bethpage Black this year basically eliminated the field um, to probably about like a dozen guys who feasibly could win. Like I get, I don't have like the market odds in front of me, um, but I'm guessing that like, if you summed the the 12 biggest favorites uh, on some of those courses, it might make up like over 50% of the implied probability, like like courses where you are forced to carry and you can only win if you're a certain type of player, like Beth Page was um, re- remarkably reduces the number of people who can compete. I would be shocked if this isn't like a very true open where Ooh. a lot of people could contend. Um, Ooh. Ooh, I like that because there's so many ways to play the course. Now, like I've also seen people saying that because the course is shorter, that you need to be betting on Zach Johnson and Jim Furyk. Um, those happen this week, actually. So that's an example. But like people are automatically assuming, like, oh, you can't bet Rory DJ or Brooke. Like, of course you can. Length is still an advantage. Like now they can just hit a five iron to be the distance that guys are going to be hitting like two irons. And theoretically you should be much more accurate with that. And, and you still have less club in on the second shot, which is a, a big advantage with how small these screens are. Like there's a tremendous advantage to length still. Um, it just opens it up to where it's not a prerequisite. Um, and so like some guys who might be underpriced because they have performed poorly in past US opens, especially the last two, um, because they didn't have the length to contend will be able to this year, I think. Mm, okay, uh, Andy, how that's a, uh, how that's much- a good addition to your yeah that's a good addition to the thing where you said about maybe this I think you said it on air the how this one is maybe uh, less model based in some parts of it and that's where just like your knowledge or someone with a lot of golf knowledge can probably do I think, better with maybe even some matchups that like I think the, the U.S. You Open know the guys and the can, Open yeah. Championship uh, fit that to where. There are situations and and players and courses where it helps, maybe not as much, but for sure more than other tournaments to like understand golfers and their psyche and some things and, and the course. So like, um, w- one of the things with like the size of the greens is they're also very slopey and almost all of them pitch back to front. And so like, there's going to be a lot of understanding of like being a tactician having the shape shots, the fairways are like kind of undulated a little bit, not quite as severely as Augusta, but like you rarely have like a flat driving range type lie, um, which is sort of like the courses Brooks has won at. Like he's pretty much 
he's just played driving range. Like he hasn't played golf. Sure, <laughs> and right. and here at Pebble, you're gonna have to, um, I guess, think your way around. Like kind of like be able to shape shots and and like even if it's not like there's an obstacle you have to hit a cut around. Like you'll be half you'll be forced to hit a cut here because of like the way the green, the greens are shaped and the angle you're coming in from. Um, and so like, there's a lot more of it's like, a thinking, it's a thinking fans course. course. Yeah, exactly. So, but if we want well, to, it's like, to a, get... like Cal said, I thought Cal said it the best when we were ta- chatting with him earlier, he was, he, he was able to say something I was trying to you know, puzzle out in my mind. And he said it was the guys that can club down and still be as accurate if not more accurate because it is such a, a short course. And I mean, cause there are people that like they struggle with that sort of thing. They just want to, they just want to bomb it. And that's, you know, maybe, maybe their accuracy does go down if they're, they're forced to hit it shorter on some of these, some of these holes. And For sure. you know, that's where just all the golf knowledge is super beneficial to people who follow it closely. If you know guys that can adjust their game to something like this, you're going to be at an advantage over someone who's just, Someone like me is just looking at a bunch of numbers. I think the final like non-model handicapping advantage, at least for this week and, and most U.S. Opens, is is like I was mentioning earlier. Almost everyone is going to make a double or triple this week. Um, okay. And so, like, you have to have like as dumb as, and like hot takey and uh, radio takey as it sounds. Like, you have to be mentally strong. Like, you have to be able to make a double or triple and not let that compound into something. So like a guy who's a head case, like, like, Sorry, or stuff, so that stuff, <laughs> potentially like compound errors like that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that statement alone makes me rule out him. Makes me rule out Ricky Fowler. Makes me even rule out uh, Molinari. Molinari seems like he got broken by Tiger Woods to a degree. Um, <laughs> and so I'm, I, I will stay away from all of those fellows. Um, okay. So oh, what, what is fun? <laughs> it was. Uh, oh my so what, god! So what if, like, so what I if I'm operating? Relive that again. Yeah. So what if I'm not operating with this knowledge? Can I use a metric like approach, like shots gained on approach, or something like that, to try to tease out some understanding of who would be good at something along the lines of shaping an approach shot in a way that uh, you know can set them up for a for a short or a, you know a scoring opportunity? Um, the shaping, no, but stroke gains is fantastic. Like. I, I've thought a lot about how I would like improve it if I was going to be betting golf seriously in full time. Um, and like, there's like little corner cases, but by and large, like most strokes gain stats um, are amazing. One, I, I, but to answer your question about like draws and, and like knockdowns and having to hit like cuts to hold the greens, not none that I'm aware of. Um, okay. One thing I will say of like stats that might be overrated is like, the rough around the greens are so long that terrible approach shots and like marginally bad approach shots will almost all end up in the same place because the rough's going to stop it. And so oh. like people are going to be scrambling from pretty much the same place. It, it like so separating out terrible from bad is not that valuable here, or even like bad from mediocre. It's really going to be like the great from everything else um, in terms of like the advantage for hitting the greens. And then the like the flip side of that too is like people are going to be scrambling from the same area and scrambling is going to be so ridiculously close to impossible from some of these places. But <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure like strokes gained around the green means anything this week, just because like, there's no, 
there's no, there's going to be very little skill involved. Like it, it's literally like what lie do you draw? And then like, again, everyone's going to have the same types of shots pretty much. Like it's mm, not okay. going to be like you get penalized if you miss by like five yards instead of 10. Okay. One more key aspect I was curious about as far as data goes. Uh, how about guys who put well on POA? Um, yes. Although like there's so, I think that's like a little overfitting because Okay. Like there's so Poa is so variable course to course and day to day and week to week. Um and like I, I do think that it is a skill to putt well on Poa. Like someone who putts like Brant Snedeker who like hits at least a foot past on every putt and like <laughs> kinda like mashes putts <laughs> is gonna yeah. probably be a better Poa putter than someone like uh like Kevin Na who like dies in his putts. Um but <laughs> like that said that so perfectly. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> with him walking yeah. in it is walking yeah, in Wednesday yeah, yeah. today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so like that that it makes sense that you could have a skill to be a, a good quote unquote poa putter. I just think it's overfitting because like some days are not quote unquote like poa e, if that makes sure. sense. Yes, and so okay. like it just it, it'd be really hard to like be able to weed out who truly is, although I'd I do believe it is possible to be a good one, if that makes sense. I just don't think a computer would be able to figure it out. Okay. Well, All right. Well, let's let's talk through current form, Andy. And you tell me, what, Andy, what what uh, what what guys popped in uh, in in as you broke this down in terms of current form? Guys that you think uh, uh, are worth a scratch, the either in matchups or, or in the outrights. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but like, who's in? Who's up? Because like, great example. Like, I had Shane Lowry circled. He's in my uh, in my DK lineup in the Country Club League that we're in, uh, and uh, I didn't see. Did you get any uh, Shane Lowry? I think he's like the hottest guy on tour right now, but I was surprised. I was su- surprised that uh, that I didn't see you in in on Lowry at all. I have him as just just uh, another guy. He's good, but he's just not great. Jack, yeah, he's just, just, just a, he's not he's not another, it's not like he's. I don't think he's a middle of the pack guy. It's just I think his matchups. Whoever he was matched up with, I also have some respect for them apparently because it oh, looks okay. like the way I ran it, it's it's nothing. Nothing he does is like particularly spectacular, but he's got decent putting numbers. He's got decent approach numbers. It's just not high enough to get into that top tier of. I mean, the top tier. It's tough to like do some of this and be like, oh man, I was hoping like there'd be some crazy names at the top for me. But I mean, it's, I mean, it's, if you're going off a lot of form. It's going to be DJ, Rory. I mean, the right now, Kuchar's had a good price. year. Yeah. yeah, it's so chalky. Uh, can't lay, can't lay out. I mean, he had his win two weeks ago, but even outside of that, he's had a lot of really good finishes. Uh, Justin Thomas is going to be high for me, even though he, he missed some time. I thought he looked decent last weekend. Brooks, obviously, going to be high. Uh, it just, I mean, those guys don't have stuff that drags their drags their ratings down for me because they don't do anything really really shittily um well how about the other side putting how about the how about the other side of the coin how about the other side of the coin then who who's got who's got current form that you're you're down to fade uh mike weir Oh, I'm big on that. He's not good. <laughs> um, You're big on Mike Weir. I mean, okay. I mean, no, I'm big on Mike, Mike Weir. Weir. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Bubba. I mean, Bubba's a Bubba's a fade. Just this kind of course plus his form. There's a couple guys I have pretty low that uh, 
I don't uh, I don't know if there's any real big name. A lot of the guys at the bottom are they're not really big names. Uh, for some reason, all all season long, I've been fading Brandon Grace. Sometimes that's bit me because he he has some shitty numbers. He can't putt worth a damn. He's not gaining any strokes putting. And uh, I think I've had him in a matchup fade every single week here for a long time. Alexander Norin, the same way, um, like his approach has just been, or his approach shot stroke gain is super garbagey. Like it's, it's very low for the people that are like consistently in the, in the tournaments week after week. I think I've had a Norin fade almost every week too. Danny Willis for me. A lot of that yeah. Wait, go ahead. Go ahead, Barry. <laughs> I, I watched Norin on what the range that? today, and he was. I watched Norin on the range today, and he was really grinding, like really like looking for stuff. I, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to bet or give that information out as like actual stuff though, because you never know like if guys are just working on like a specific drill or fault. And like I've seen guys have terrible range sessions and play well. So, but That's he was like really yeah. working on like some extreme drills and like look lost <laughs> you know I, we i heard that exact man i'm just story i'm just picturing the tin cup scene where he hits the chili yeah. dipper i i <laughs> all of a sudden i heard that exact i i promise you i heard Ooh, that exact that? story about norm before the uh, the masters he's not something something's not right up, not up top for him um the uh okay uh how about uh let me go through a couple of your props andy i don't want to go through the entirety of your card uh, I'll give the listeners an opportunity to go take. I'll, I'll give the listeners an opportunity to take in the beauty that is uh, Andy's uh, golf card for the week. Uh, check track him down on uh, on Twitter and uh, and evaluate it for yourself. Uh, but you got a couple of interesting props here. How did you come up with Van Royen, top South African, plus two seventy five? Oh, who I are the other that. guys? Like, yeah. The, I'm fading Grace automatically because he's just rated so low for me every week. And then, uh, yeah, it's Oosthuizen. Like his um, off the tee, good, around the green, good. But that's shit that I'm not rating very highly. Like his putting's garbage lately and his approach is garbage lately. And by lately, I mean, you know, over, over the course of the whole season – He's probably I don't know is he he's not like a huge name but people have heard of him maybe it's because he has such a stupid name but yeah he's overrated <laughs> just the way like just the way I'm Usti. running the numbers people like cheering for Usti Usti yeah no like just the it, that one just kind of dinged because I'd already put in a Van Royen uh, what what do you call it a matchup and I was looking at his price I'm like ah that's where the tickle everybody else from that country's rated super low for me so yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Van Van Ruyen as a that'd be a nice one to come in because that's almost four to one. Barry, is uh, Ernie Els going to break his heart here? <laughs> oh God! Um, uh, he played sort of well at the start of the year. Uh, I haven't been paying enough attention. Um, yeah, I think he's pretty sure he played well in two thousand. <laughs> okay. Um, how about uh, your top team? Thunder Bear. Top Dane, I just I just had to bet that too. That's another one where uh, who, who's the other Dane? Bjergard? Yeah, I think you faded Bjergard a bunch this year, haven't you? Yeah, he's he's been super low for me. Kind of a lot of the same reasons. Just like everything stat wise is garbage for him. His putting has been pretty low throughout the season, and he doesn't do anything else that spectacularly. Uh, he's had a couple of good rounds that bit me, but. Uh, 
yeah, the who who's my top Dane then? It would be Olsen with two E's. Yeah, I mean, just Isn't it's it, like yeah, we talked Bear. about with uh, Thunder Bear. Yeah, we, we we talked about earlier where uh, you know, we were saying all these other people that have all this golf knowledge. I don't. I'm I'm trying. I'm reading a lot about these guys week to week, trying to suck it in. But like for now, if I want to gamble on golf, you know, I'm talking to people. I'm talking to people behind the scenes. It's nice to get some info here and there. And sure. It's, it's it's awesome. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of Twitter. But uh, you know, sure. a lot of it's just well. Here's how I rank these two guys, and that looks like a pretty good price because this one guy's garbage with nine numbers. Not to sound like <laughs> I used to bitch about this when uh, when like Rufus would do this on uh, Bet the Process. In the like fall, the model says this. I got like nothing else. Kieran, There's no narrative. Yeah, even when Kieran would do that in um, and it is in in the fall. But like, Sports, yes. here's my football Sports plays stuff. based on my yep. model. But like, well, you didn't tell yep. me why. Enjoy. And now I'm realizing, like, <laughs> I am I am also I'm just that doing that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I bet this because one guy is ranked much higher than the other. But uh, yeah, and the number was good. You get even money on there. It'll be funny if Olsen does so incredibly well that he he. Trumps the bet below that, the Stenson top Scandinavian. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll yeah, be yeah. Uh, that that'll be, be, that'll be funny. funny. That'll I be can't, funny. I can't take them both because Olsen does so well. But yeah, Stenson I have ranked way higher than most of the other Scandinavians. I think I bet this in the last, uh, the last major too. It didn't go so well. Oh really? Who beat him? Oh, it was that. It was. Then you uh, goddamn no! I'm gonna bet a hole in one prop. <laughs> it was beer garden guy you last time. Beer garden guy you last time. Um, okay, uh, so top Australian, Kieran, you have some Aussie roots. You gotta do. I I'm gonna put Australian you on the spot Aussie. here. Give me an opinion who you're backing between Jay Day and Adam Scott. It's equal. I mean, basically dead heat here on prices. Uh, one of these guys is in contention on Sunday and uh, makes a run at a, at, a, at a U.S. Open title. Who you got? Jason Day, but it's disrespectful to leave Leishman off, I think, this week. I think Leishman oh. has really good numbers. Um, I think he's, like, good at a lot of the stuff I think will work here. And, like, at, like he's been very good at um, courses that have, like, architecture and strategy to them. Like, he uh, – I don't think he won. I think Aaron Wise won. But at, at the first tournament at Trinity Forest, I remember him doing very well there. Um, he grew up – playing like all the sandbelt courses in australia and like there's a lot of like alistair mckenzie like like good architecture there which pebble has um and so like he's he's an example of a player who'd be very good at the shot making of hitting like different types and flights of the ball that are required based on the green in front of him um but yeah jason day for like, i guess like an information thing that have like some some value model might not see as stevie williams will be his caddy now um he is basically like for everything in golf. I found putting is super not predictive compared to like other aspects of it. Um, and so, like if I was going to make a golf model, I would be guessing it would be something that would not really care too much about putting. Would be typically fading good putters that are bad ball strikers and betting on good ball strikers that are bad putters. Jason Day is the one exception where he has been ridiculously consistently elite at putting for multiple years in a row. Like and almost never had a bad week and it's insane um so if you want to talk about like mm, his ability to just score and like that keeps you out of like a lot of doubles and triples and um i just love jason day too <laughs> but like his his strengths and weaknesses don't stream like this is a good player to bet but he is one person that's worth betting to win and not a top five top 10 top 20 
just because uh, I could see his outcomes for this week being very volatile, like miscut. 30, or 35, are, 35 are, to one is uh, 35 to one is worth your time too. That's yeah, that is a, that is a damn damn decent number for a player who really has a class. You get him that every tournament, he'll win more than once out of every thirty-five tournaments. Yeah, not a guy known for really the mental yeah. breakdowns either. I mean, he's got the physical mm-hmm. breakdowns with the back, obviously, but a lot of that feels dramatic. Uh, I like that look. Um, okay, how about? Uh, can you help me handicap yeah, this? Yeah, c- comes amateur? with being from that country, dude. Everything in that country is trying to murder you all the time. <laughs> they're, they're just mentally strong people. And like yeah, and what Barry yeah, yeah. said too, I, I was looking, I was looking while he was talking on why I bet him. And he is like over as big of a sample size as I was able to pull, I think. He's number one in stroke game putting. Like he's just always yeah, been a good no, putter. It makes no sense. Like no that's, one that's that's no going one to help. Say it's the second best putter on, on tour. But he's like so obviously the best putter. It's so this is a this is a situation like in the NFL where you know fumbles recovered aren't predictive unless it's like the Bears under the Lovey Smith era. <laughs> yeah, where exactly. They were so they had, fucking good. Had where they were yeah. that was all they practiced. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I think that sounds good. Yeah. No. Um, if anybody wants to take a swing at who the who the second best putter over the last hundred rounds is, stroke gains. I don't think it's guessable. You don't think it's guessable. Um, I really do not. I know it's not him, but I'm going to say Luke Donald. I know it's not him. God damn it. Yeah, it is. It's Luke it is? Donald. Really no kind of, really kind of shit. Yeah, you shit my Kool Aid on that one. Oh, really? Yeah. For a guy who just qualified himself, he's like, as yeah, I'm, yeah, not a, I'm not a professional like, handicapper when it comes to golf. He, I'll just out of my no, ass, throw Luke out Donald, somebody that no one would guess. He is, he is the one other putter on tour who has like ridiculous, like outlier stats. Like he, his three putt avoidance <laughs> is like by far the best in, in tour history. Like he had a, I think he had a streak of like 450 something straight three putt avoided holes. Like it's, it's crazy. But that was years ago. I'm, I'm shocked I was in. Okay, so okay, so <laughs> yeah, his okay, putting but, his but, putting numbers are still really good. It right for, some, for yeah, yeah for, for someone than who he qualified uh, yeah for someone who qualified that they're not an expert that was pretty uh, pretty pretty good pull. Uh, let let <laughs> let's uh, let's zero in on something then that uh, you do have a proficiency in and handicap this top am- amateur market. Uh, you hit it out of the park with Hovland's top am at the Masters. Uh, I'm assuming that uh, he has some value at plus 250 at the top of this market, but I don't know a lot of these other names. Anyone I should be concerned about taking Hovland down in the amateur space? Um, I would rather bet on some of his other stuff. Like I, I've seen him, uh, his, his matchup with Harding is plus 120. That's stupid, I think. <laughs> um, his, his top 20... Uh, I what saw. You, what would you price that? What, what, what would you What would you price that at? It's at minus one twenty. He's plus one twenty against Harding. Plus, he's plus one twenty. Oh wow! What yeah. What do you think? What, what's a fair price on that? Again, this is without a computer, but just like intuitively, uh, uh, he's like assuredly should be favored. Um, uh, probably like minus one twenty. I don't okay. know. Maybe that sounds like ignorant to the market that there could be an edge of that big, but it. Like there's, I don't see a world where he's plus money there. But uh, to answer your question about top amateur, there, there's quite a few this week. Um, he should be favored for low am, but I actually prefer him uh, nine to one for top twenty and twenty two to one for top ten. Um, there's quite a few other players. Stuart Hagestat is one who's like, uh, I'm very biased, but <laughs> he went to USC and is like also a like architecture golf nut who like loves all this stuff. Um, and he, he like literally shapes his whole life around this and prepares 
pretty much like a professional. Um, he won low am at, at the Masters the year Sergio won, and takes this like very seriously. Uh, is very like I think mentally built to handle like USGA setups. Um, he's done extremely well in a bunch of USGA events. Um, he's not an amateur, but in the same vein of like young guys that people may not know about, um, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I believe he led. I don't think he finished the round as the leader, but he led for like multiple holes until someone else random went off at the Oakmont U.S. Open in 2016 in the first round. He's a stud from the University of Texas who just won a web tour event um, and has like just been extremely good in, in a lot of high profile events in his entire amateur career. Uh, who just turned pro? So like, yeah, I guess I guess I mean I could keep listening. Austin Ekro is the guy I I love fading Mike Weir like he's plus one hundred five. That's that I'm positive like absolutely positive is at least like thirty cents yeah. of edge. Like <laughs> there's no way he should be plus money against Mike Weir. Um, I'm kind of rambling, but yeah, I guess I guess my no, point no, should no, just be is, like I think I'm, there is I'm, I'm there is a lot taking of notes. I'm busily taking notes. On. This is freaking yeah. sweet. Okay, I think okay, there's okay. a lot of value on some of these guys who are just starting their careers. Um, it, it sort of fits in line with a trend in a lot of other sports where uh, like home field is not as much in a lot of the college sports. And, and that's because a lot of these guys have been groomed to be professionals from like age 12. They've been playing in high profile events. The stakes of like the junior AM and the USAM are like much higher than they've ever been. And these kids are like very well prepared to handle like major tournament setups and the pressures that come with it and, and the golf that, that is required by it. Um, and so like people, I think just uh, at least the way I've observed it, they're just priced as like some default as a first time player. He's this number where in reality, a lot of these kids are like truly stud um, players. And so like another one's Nick Hardy uh, from a stacked University of Illinois program. Uh, he's 22 to one to top 20 and 66 to one to top 10. Wow. Uh, again, I don't have a model, but I think those are stupid. <laughs> Colin Morikawa was a stud at, at Cal. His top 20 is 11 to 1. His top 10 is 26 to 1. Um, yeah, and, and then there's some other guys I'll be betting. Justin Saw's not in the field, but once he is playing in some of these events, he's going to be stupidly priced. Um, probably like these guys. So, yeah, that's the long answer. Hovland, I don't know. I guess plus 250 is probably value, but again, that's just my intuition. I prefer some of the other stuff of just betting on him to do well just because there are so many competitive amateurs in this field, I think. And because, it's, it. It, again, it's an open where I would be wanting to get a bigger number when you're betting on someone to win in a bigger group of people just because, like, the outcomes in this and the number of people who will be competitive are large. Very, very cool. <clears throat> okay. Um, that is fantastic. Andy, defend for me why you played hole-in-one yes at minus 140. You put it in capital letters. You gave it an exclamation point. Uh, what is so great about the hole-in-one prop that you gave it an ex exclamation point? Do you know why it did that? No, because I'm using no the same idea. fucking because I'm using the same fucking spreadsheet and uh, and whatever uh, PowerPoint as I did for the last tournament. Oh, okay. okay. And it just auto completed. I started to type hole in one, and it auto completed to the <laughs> yes, to the same uh, formatting point. I used last time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I just so I just hit enter. I'm like, I'm not gonna use those extra keystrokes if I don't have to. Of course. So okay. at that point, I had to had to actually think. I'm like, am I betting yes or no? Because I just auto completed the yes, and I was. And it's it's weather. It's the two holes. I mean, there's other par threes, and I guess I saw that at the last one at the 
what was the last major PGA? Yeah, where that guy almost, just one hops. There was like almost made 15 it. guys left on the course, and the I guy one hops a, it in. That was a beer oh, garden. Was beer garden fucked you big time on that. I remember that. And it was like a 200-yard-plus par three. It wasn't one of the ones I was worried about. <laughs> and he, he one hops one in, that fucker. But anyway, yeah, the... I mean, just some of the research. A professional should hit a hole in one. It should take them like twenty five hundred tries, I think, um, based on the odds. I just, I just kind of did some reverse engineering and uh, how many people can, how many people have hit hole in ones on the five. Seven is much shorter. Seven is only hundred nine yards, but uh, I mean, according to the stats, more people have hit hole in ones on five than. Seven. So those are kind of your two attack attackable part threes. And if the weather's correct and the wind isn't crazy, I think somebody's got a sport and chance better than the uh, the implied odds there. Which, okay, cool. What is that? One forty? Did I get it? I at? think this could be a big, a big field who makes the cut too, which would help you. Like I think there'll be great more point. Saturday yeah, and Sunday. Yes. Yeah. U.S. Open is always one of my favorites to do the make the cut parlay because the amount of players that make the cut is enormous. And there are a lot of players that don't really deserve to be here and that have no chance to make the cut. Um, but, you know, again, it's a minus EV parlay. Oh, yeah. If, it's, if it stays bunched up like that. It, but it's fun as hell. It's fun as hell. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, let me ask. If, if the scoring stays bunched up like that, you can have like 15 guys tied for 70th or whatever. <laughs> of course. Oh, oh, yeah. All yeah, of a sudden you have, sure. you have 85 people hitting the ball on the Yeah. Saturday just using a normal Sunday. distribution, you're going to have an enormous amount of guys tied for that spot. And there's going to be 80 or 90 people that are playing on the weekend. Um, Okay, so uh, let me ask you then. Uh, I was kind of setting this up, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that have no business being here. Uh, one of my favorite things to do at every every major is just kind of go through the list of uh, you know the players, and you know I generally stay away from all matchups from players that I just don't know who they are. I don't know their names. Like it's stupid to like, you know it's, it's stupid <laughs> to try to, to to try to make you know bets against you know, players you've never heard of before. Um, but uh, I love finding a couple guys who I have heard of before. Jeez, I'm, I'm right like, here. <laughs> I'm like, in what universe is this guy in this tournament? How did he qualify? What is going on? Uh, and the obvious one that popped <laughs> as I looked at this card this week, the hell is Rory Sabatini doing here? What is going on that he qualified for this U.S. Dude, Open? He, he, he's good. He's played really well the last so, couple months. So is so it's a minus. He's had so a bunch a minus, of top 20s. So it's a minus EV bet to back Billy Horschel over, over, over Sabatini? Uh, in the matchup space, I'm a, I'm asking for it. Uh, Jesus, you might be like oh, Sabatini is played. Sabatini, yeah. he's played pretty decent lately. Sabatini's on, huh? Yeah. So you're so you're telling me I should ignore? Yeah. I should steer clear of this? Okay, okay. That I have the, the I have them rated really similarly. This. Yeah, I, I steered clear because the, the, I have them rated fairly close together. But yeah, it's I've done this every week. Um, where I'm watching the leaderboard, I'm like, what the fuck, what the fuck is Sabatini doing up there again? And <laughs> it, it's turned into like a kind of a running joke with myself. Like, oh, there, there he is again. Like, uh, he's still on the tour, I guess. Okay, okay. Um, so besides Mike Weir, who's your favorite fade in the matchups, uh, Kieran? Um, let me look. There's not anyone like particularly standing. Anybody, anybody at anybody at the um, top, anybody at the top that you have circled like 
don't. Come on, stop. This is stupid. This value is, I mean, honestly, like Cantlay's number is completely tilted out of control. That thing was 40 or 50 to one before he won the Memorial. Like he, I, I, I mean, great, great. He played great, but like, I, I don't know. That's a, that's an enormous move from 50 to one to like 18 uh, I, to one. I would fade him. I would fade him in that I despise watching him play golf. Um, <laughs> and for like, <laughs> rude again. He, he, he like very, Legitimately, like predictably for this week is like without a doubt one of the five best golfers in the world, um, by like any like reasonable ball striking metric you could use. Um, wow. Like okay. he he's in, been an absolute stud this year. Uh, okay. But yeah, I would I would love I would love for you to be right, and I would love to bet against him, but I I don't think there's much value in doing so. And then you'll be doubly pissed off and having to watch him waggle for a minute and lose money <laughs> okay so i'm gonna set both of you guys up here what is your dream scenario playing out on sunday in terms of uh what you want to see not from a financial standpoint but just from a drama standpoint uh you know what 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 is the oh. ideal scenario for you here i'll set mine up first i really hope that we see uh, paul casey at the top of the leaderboard after three rounds uh <laughs> i would that, that I, I would just i would just love to see him take on this course uh, as the leader in the final grouping on Sunday, that would be super fun for me. Um, it's not a, that's not a very good karma thing to say, obviously, because I, I'm obviously rooting for a, a mental me, mental breakdown. But um, <laughs> uh, but that would just be fun. Uh, Andy, what uh, what's the what's the dream scenario that as it plays out here for uh, for a Sunday Father's Day golf gift for you? Coocher like caddies for himself and still wins the tournament. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who's my biggest number? I had, I have. Oh, I have like Lucas, Lucas Glover. Lucas Glover was hundred seventy-five <laughs> yeah, to one. You couldn't yeah, have put that's... that much down on Glover, could you? No, no. But I, I had to just because I talked big shit about him being good for uh, like the past week with a couple people. So <laughs> I had to, put, I had to put like twenty bucks on Glover just in case. It'd be my, that'd be a good get rich one. But uh, no, it, it'd be fun to see. <laughs> As much as I, I like bitch about chalk, and I, it's fun to see somebody come out of nowhere and have a, I do kind of want to just see the big guns battle this course. I don't want the weather to kick up. I don't want it to be like the, uh, just you know the wind is keeping scores high and it, it's no fun to watch. Like I'd rather see them battle with the course and the conditions. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool to see some of the big guns at uh, at the end there close. Like it sucked watching Brooks kind of run away with things. Which Absolutely. There was I a good period. I, I only I had I had two props on the uh, on the PGA. One was no hole in one, and the <laughs> other was total score over under. And Brooks absolutely was fucking up my total score. Uh, I had the <laughs> I had it where the, it could have been like minus eight or worse, and he's whatever minus twelve at, at some point. And I'm I'm sitting there cashing. Oh, I'm gonna go one and one. Hole in one's not happening, and Brooks is running away with it. And then he pissed it down his leg at the end almost, and it ended up going one and one the other way. It was a really odd way to have those hash out. But, I mean, up until, like, the last, what, five holes, Saturday and Sunday kind of sucked. It wasn't mm -hmm. all that fun unless you had some matchups you were watching. So I'm hoping to see, you know, whether it's Tiger, either of the Aussie boys, DJ, I mean, even Brooks, JT, any of the – any of the. honestly, I'd like to see an American or two up there doing well and – 
a close match at the end on Sunday. Some some drama would be awesome. A playoff would be awesome. You can bet on playoff yes at like I think three to one or something along those lines. And maybe that's it's not been a while since we had a playoff. Maybe we should. Yeah, yeah we I did. might want to run. I, may, I might run some numbers on that. I, I'm sure that number's not great, but yeah, uh, probably be like you know, if, if the scoring is going to be a little more bunched up. Like we were talking about with the cut, maybe maybe it's worth taking a look at. I'm sure. Mm. I'm sure getting it at three to one isn't good enough. Yeah, interesting. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, Barry Ors, what does your ideal Sunday look like? Jim um, Tiger wins by sixteen, breaks his record for his winning margin <laughs> in a major. To win is sixteen. Uh, Comes and hugs you off him, him and uh, Jade gives you a, gives you a fist bump, and then he wins yeah. and. Oh, he fist bumps in Stevie Williams' face uh, in a, a playoff with J Day. Okay. <laughs> that would be that would be that would be uh, that would be very very uh, uh, entertaining. Um, I forgot yeah. I have one other one other wild feature that I really want to see come into into fruition because I think it would win us win me the the, um, the country club league. Chan Kim, Chan Kim. I'm big on Chan Kim. Seven fifty to one. <laughs> he's the only, he's like the the guy at the very bottom of the DraftKings uh, uh, roster op- op- options that I threw in there first, and then built the rest of my roster around him. I uh, do not State know guy. You do not know who that is uh, Arizona State <laughs> guy. He got eleventh uh, two years ago uh, in the at the Open. Uh, he finished in eleventh place. He plays in the Japanese Tour. Uh, flew in from Japan. I always actually kind of like this when that when there are major championships on the West Coast. I like to circle guys who come from Japan because they have a little bit of that body clock edge. Uh, it's weird, I know, but uh, it has paid off for me in the past. So fingers crossed, Chan Kim does something good. Um, and uh, yes, uh, let's. But but you know, maybe top ten for him. But uh, <laughs> it would be fun as hell uh, to see Tiger Woods in a playoff. Yeah, I, I, I concur. That would be a pretty outstanding way this goes. Um, but. Um, yeah, that was that was freaking great. Let's wrap up this pod. That was uh, that was another outstanding job by you, Barry Horse. Thank you so much for joining us today, taking your time out of your uh, yeah. Have, your trip have up fun in Cali. Beach. Have fun in Pebble Beach. Get some gear. Get some sun. Uh, I'm yeah. yeah, man. Thanks to uh, both of you. Whenever okay. you want to talk, I'm here. You've done a lot. Oh, this is great. Both. Yeah, yeah. Take. Yeah. I mean, just take some good pictures of that. I suppose <laughs> they're not going to let you have your phone at the court. I mean, take some good pictures. It's yeah. practice round today. And, and I got a last party party I'll record party another advice. Beach video with some football picks. <laughs> <laughs> parting parting advice for you. you. You said earlier in the pod that you can get a lot more down in some more liquid markets. Um, but you know who mm-hmm. likes uh, you know who likes to bet golf? People who operate golf courses like to bet golf. And you know mm-hmm. who you could really hook up with some free uh, you know, some free tips in the golf betting space, make them some money, get some access to some courses. Uh, if you had a little golf money running, a golf, golf model running on the side uh, and providing, mm-hmm. uh, pro- providing a little service to the golf course managers out there, before you know it, you're, you're playing Augusta. I, I, I can see it. I can see all this shaping up uh, well for us. So that's, I'm that's a, my. I'm a step ahead of you, buddy. <laughs> they like Ben football too. And that's, that's what the oh, next okay. two months are. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, All right, man. uh, Enjoy the rest rest of the summer. Uh, Enjoy the tournament. Uh, Happy Father's Day to all the dads who listen. I'm sure there's at least two of you. Uh, And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's have a fun U.S. Open. Best of luck.
Thanks, boys. Go Tiger.